Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Danny, Jimmy, and JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty, booty. It's time to get this party started tonight. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Dumb as a bag of hammers, that's quite a common, isn't it? I like that. Dumb as a bag of hammers. Why would a bag of hammers be dumb, Wonger? I think it's because uh, they don't they don't have any enema. Oh, is I, that the reason? Yeah, they, they are just... Sitting there. objects. What the? Yeah, they're just objects. Right. So that's why. Dance. That's a big, that's a philosophical question. That I wasn't prepared for it. More what intelligence does a bag of hammers have, if any at all? And if so, what kind of intelligence? Hmm. But who's Artificial. putting hammers in a bag? That's just irresponsible. They have claws on them, et cetera. Like, <laughs> well, it's the, old, the old tradesmen used to have the old little bags, didn't they, that they put them in? A bag of hammers? Yeah. That's where it came from, I guess. The tradesman. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Footy Prime, anyway. For for continued conversation of such high levels of intelligence, keep listening. It's only going to get better at this point. By the way, bit of a kerfuffle at Craig's place this morning. Uh, we, 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 we jump on, and we hear a smash and a, ah, oh, fuck, God damn. What's, Craig smashed a vase. Now, I'm hoping it's the Euro vase trophy, but I don't think it is. Was it just a vase, Craig, or, or was it one of your many trophies from your glorious playing career well if it was it was made out of clay so it was CONCACAF <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably a CSA cap <laughs> did you get caps like actual caps no you played? no nothing at all we used to get a plaque for every game um, and then they started to cut corners because it got expensive for them so they bundled them together so if it was a gold cup it would be a gold cup cap no matter how many games you played and confederations cup and so not just a cap for playing for your country no or a whole window of qualifying as opposed to one game is that still the case do you know or has it changed no idea if i'm charmaine crooks right if i'm charmaine crooks and, and i'm trying to force change 
at Canada Soccer, right? Which is what she says she must she must do. The first thing I'm doing before any CBA, before any gender equity, right? I'm getting the caps back for every match. The important things, right, Jimmy? Yeah, I agree with that. Bring them back. We used to get these. Craig, remember the little medals they used to give us? No. Canada, and on the back, it would say awkward where you where you played, what game it was, and the date. Oh, that must have been after 2002. I think it was. Yeah. They brought them in. Once Craig left and they could afford to pay the players, get a bit of budget back after paying him his massive appearance fees, they could afford little, <laughs> uh, little badges now. See, Craig, you were given back. He didn't know it, but you were given back when you retired. <laughs> <laughs> the caps actually comes from, I mean, in England, they used to yeah, get the caps. A, a cap, yeah. Yeah, like a, like a hat, a cap. All yeah. sports, all sports. Like a school's schoolboy yeah. cap. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, so we have almost, we're, we're creating a champion in the Premier League. Almost, that close, we're that close. Oh, we Arsenal are. Arsenal get smashed by Brighton this weekend. City beat Everton. So it can happen this weekend. I think if, uh, if Arsenal lose to Forest, right, Jimmy, on yep. Saturday, City are champions, or else they, they, they wait to the, the Sunday. When City can win, unbelievable! Eh? Unbelievable, considering Arsenal were so far ahead. You know, there was a few on this podcast that said Arsenal are going to win this. Then a couple or one that said, "No, dude, wait, because it's going to be a long season." Who would that be? Would that be you, Craig? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, what's it? Yeah, yeah. They're going to they're going to win it with two games to spare. <laughs> I know. Unbelievable! It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, Arsenal. It, it does seem like. Listen. It, the old argument would be, oh, well, before the season, if you told them they'd be finished second place, you know, and in, in the hunt until the final couple weeks of the season, be a great season. And you're right, it would be. No one picked them to be contending this year. But the bottom line is, given that lead, it's, it's probably fair to say it's a bit of a choke by Arsenal, right? We knew City was going to come for them and they dropped points when they shouldn't have dropped points. And then you lose to Arsenal to, to Brighton. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Roy Keane, some of the pundits over there have been very harsh on Arsenal which is probably a little bit un- unfair, but can you guys talk about the grind of the season and why there may have been fatigue? Obviously, the squad's not as deep as City, but you know we hear about this fatigue late in seasons, how teams just kind of fall apart late in the campaign. As, as players that have played 38-game schedules in-, in the top leagues in UK, what is the grind like? Where does it affect you? Is it, is it 90% physical? Is it 90% mental? Where is this fatigue we keep hearing so much about? Uh, it's both. It's it's absolutely both, and it's relentless. And when you have a team like City who peak at the end of the season, and remember they are one hell of a run, and they're in a fantastic footballing team as well. So the quality and the standards that you have to keep for Arsenal to maintain that to win the league is is quite exceptional. And I think in the end, it was just too much for them. I think you know a young squad is great, but it's also a young squads, young people, young men, young women go up and down a lot much more emotionally um, than you do when you get a little bit older. So that can play a part. And then just having to win every single week because Man City are doing that every week became too much for them. Um, But it comes down to City just depth and playing their best football at the end of the season. Everybody's peaking. Jimmy, did you find that you've become staring at results and tables late in the season and that would get to you mentally as well? Or was it for you more of a physical drain? It was it was a physical drain. 
That's for sure with so many games. And then also, yeah, you're right. With the mental side, you're constantly looking at the table. And then it's I'm, I'm telling you now for the players, it'd be difficult as well knowing that you got Man City chasing you. Then you can't afford to make mistakes. And I think they, was it, they went through that spell where they played Liverpool and Drew. Then they played West Ham and Drew. So that's when they started dropping the points. And then they played City and City pumped them. So I think that was a point where it was just mentally, it just got to them where it was like, we're in trouble here now. It's always easy chasing yeah. somebody. It's always hard holding the lead, isn't it? Well, especially if you're Arsenal and not expected to be there. And City are going to now win their fifth title in six years. So, yeah, yeah it is. You, you've both been in different situations, you know, in, in, in football. You've been... Uh, in a relegation fight, right? And the pressure that comes with that. You've also been in, in years where you're, you're winning leagues or you're in the promotion push, right? Different types of pressure, right? Is, is there a, a, a better pressure, a different kind of pressure? Like, say you're in the league championship, right? And you're fighting for those spots to get up to the Premier League, right? There's intense pressure to maintain that. I understand that. But if you flip that to the bottom side of the Premier League or wherever you are, can you compare the two pressures? That's a good question because they are they are different, but they also yeah. are just plain and simple pressure. When we were chasing to win the championship, um, it was it was almost relief when we got to a point where it was mathematically impossible for somebody to catch us, uh, and it was tight and t- intense. And I know we could have clinched three games with remaining in the season. We were away to Bristol City, and we lost that game and. Our fans were giving us all sorts on the way home on the bus. Just absolutely giving us pelters. Just, you fucking wankers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we were going to win the league. It was just going to happen next week. Um, <laughs> and then on the other hand, you see, you fucking wankers, you're going down. <laughs> you're a wanker no matter what. Yeah. yeah. So I would say uh, if I was going to take a pick, I'd, I'd rather be having the pressure at the top of the league than the bottom. Yeah, I agree with that. It was the same when we were at Norwich when we won the championship. We were we won it with a few games left in the season, but it was more far more enjoyable the pressure there because you were just on a roll. You were confident. We were winning games week in and week out. Sure, we had a couple of hiccups along the way, but it was a lot more enjoyable than what it was when we got relegated out of the Premier League. And every week was just a grind, and we're just trying to pick up points and. That was a difficult one. And then you're right, Craig, because then the fans are even hammering you even more <laughs> because now you're going down and you can't do anything to stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Norwich, I mean, didn't have the greatest season this year in the championship, and I know there were some protests in Norwich um, over the ownership and leadership there. So, yeah, it's uh, it just brings on more problems and more pressure. Um, everything is a problem when you're losing. Did you yeah. find pressure like from within the club too? Forget the fans here. And forget your coach in that, but from within the club, because when teams are relegated, especially from the Premier League, the clubs change, right? There are redundancies beyond just the playing staff, right? You, you can't maintain yeah. the level of staff, you know, in, in the league championship as you would in, in the Premier League. So when you're walking into training on, on a Tuesday morning or whatever, are you, are you getting like dirty looks from, you know, the kit man? <laughs> well, yeah. the kit man's usually safe. He's, He's pretty safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. The tea lady's assistant. Yeah. I, one thing about Kitman, 
is that those guys are usually the real fabric of the club. You know, they usually they're there for years and years. They've gone through generations of players. They've seen it all before, all the big time Charlies, all this different thing. And they're not having it, most of them. Our guy was tough. He he wouldn't take any crap from anybody. He was a kit man. He was the bus driver. (laughs) Yeah, he was a busy man. Trevor Curtin, his name was. Yeah, probably the most stable position, I guess, right at the club. Yeah, 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 it's 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 in the in the offices, um, marketing, commercial departments that lose jobs, and I did feel that certainly because I saw it before when I was younger when they got relegated, and then when I was in the first team. So you see it, and you feel for the difference too, and that people are going to be out of jobs, and you kind of feel responsible for that. At least I did. Jimmy, did you have any guilt whatsoever when you're walking into a training and? He just found this out for the first time. When he started- <laughs> people, people lost their jobs. Really. I, I had no idea people were losing their jobs. Rolls in in his freaking rolls in the Ferrari. Just, yeah, I thought they were just pissed off at me. Just because <laughs> they didn't perform well. Didn't know they were getting fired. Yeah, and it's like, wow, wonder why I didn't see those guys again. Remember, yeah. remember those, remember Scott and the ticket officer. Yeah. Yeah, history. I saw him on the street last week. Like yeah. I saw him on the street. Yeah. I was wondering why he was flicking me the bird when he was leaving the training ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got to be tough, right? That's that's an enormous pressure. Um, at what point do you start giving calls to your agent when when you think you're in relegation trouble, or does your agent call you say, "Listen, we better start planning for next season here"? Yeah, they're already on the lookout. I didn't have an agent for most of my career, though. You can do most of it yourself. Yeah. You got half a brain. Craig hates commission. Fuck that. No, I got no problem with commission. I mean, I did sign a with West Ham with an agent, and then had a different agent for the next contract as well because he was going to guarantee me that he could pick up pretty good money for me, and I if if I sign with him and. Sure enough, I signed with him, and boy, oh boy, had a little bit of a relationship with Harry Redknapp, and Bob's your uncle. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. you do need them right in some regard. Sometimes. What about you, Jimmy? I mean, did it go both ways? You're before in a relegation battle or a promotion battle too, right? Are you thinking, man, if we get promoted, I'm going to be up for quite a raise. Is that in most contracts as football, yeah, as we, promotion? Yeah, I had in my contract that when you did get promoted, you your salary increased Yep, it did. And then when you got relegated as well, you, you, uh, it decreased. See, I never had that in my contract because I did it myself. I wasn't going to get a decrease if we were relegated. You're going to bring that <laughs> thing down with you, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. Going down, you're going to bring them down with you. That's the problem, really, with Premier League clubs is the majority of players are not signing a contract if they're at that level. If they, if they can, can why would you? Well, therein lies the danger, right? Is that you, know, you sign this, these big deals, these players, these big deals without those mm. clauses, and then mm. you get relegated and you can't afford to pay them, but other teams aren't going to necessarily take that contract on. Or, you know, obviously, I know, I know you don't yeah. even trade contracts in, in, in football, yeah. but a player will expect a certain amount of money. Or they'd have a, the escape clause as well, a lot of them, if they do get relegated. Yeah, you can have an escape clause. They're going to get rid of you anyway if you're on a high wage bill because they just can't afford to keep you in most clubs. But they do have the parachute payments, and that's why you see the teams that get relegated being able to outmuscle financially a lot of them if you take advantage of that parachute payment. If you don't, then you end up with like some Norwich having 
you know, fans protesting because they, they, they understand it. Uh, they understand that the parachute payments go down and year three is your last year. And then you're just in the wreck of the muck trying to fight your way out of it. Yeah. I think yeah. West Brom, this was their last year with parachute payments. Right. right? And yeah. you really need to get back up within that window, don't you? Or it could go pear-shaped mm. pretty quickly. Even Burnley. I mean, they're not the biggest club. The smallest club I think has ever played in the Premier League as far as the town size. They still were able to take advantage of that parachute payment and come right back up. Yeah. Yeah, they've done well. Then Vincent Company really signed well. a five-year deal, didn't he? He did, yeah. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. What are the Good chances he sees the end of five years? Actually, what are the chances he sees the end of two? Yeah, do you think he'll be nabbed, picked up by then or, or the other? No, he'll be fired. He'll be fired, probably. he'll be fired by before the end of next season. I'll guarantee it. Really? You think so, eh? You think yep. they're going to go straight back down? Well, they're going to be in a relegation battle. They're going to lose four or five games in a row, and the owners are going to shit themselves and change it. You know, the odds the odds are that that will happen, right? Ten, uh, eight of the bottom ten this year have changed their manager at least once. Yeah, yeah. And the All two that haven't, West Ham and Nottingham Forest, they just might save themselves. We'll see, right? I mean, well, Leeds picked up a point against Newcastle this weekend. Great uh, that's point. a huge point for them. Forest, of course, picked up a huge point against Chelsea. Yeah. Right? Southampton are now relegated. They're down, having lost to Fulham. Yeah. Um, no, no big surprise there. So you're fine to avoid two spots now. And it's... Leicester playing Liverpool today, which for both Forest and Leeds is, is an enormous match. You don't want Leicester showing up for that one. <laughs> yeah, they haven't shown up for the last few, I'll tell you that. No, it seems that they've kind of given up, haven't they? And, and there's high-priced players now, those teams. You know, they're talking to their agents right now. There's no way Yuri Tillemans or James mm-hmm. Madison are going to play one second. <laughs> one second. <laughs> Whose alarm was that? Uh, wonder. <laughs> well, I could ask Jimmy. Jimmy, as yeah. a Forest fan, would yeah. you watch this Liverpool Leicester uh, match? Just like, are they TV watching at this point? Just going, yes, or Fubo watching? Like, yeah. I need to see uh, Liverpool, you know, smash, smash them, smash them. Yeah, one hundred, one hundred percent. You're watching that match today. Yeah, they're hoping right they don't hand, need any more points. It. Yeah, yeah. Because look, Liverpool have to win as well because they're still fighting for that Champions League spot. They're trying to catch Man U, so they, they desperately need to win. And then at the same time, Leicester needs to win as well. And if they do win, then that puts them what one point behind Force. So Force want them to lose because then it still gives them that four point breathing room, right? Because Force's yeah. goal differential isn't brilliant. No, they're minus thirty one right now. Yeah, Everton's minus work. 24, Leeds minus 25. So, I mean, listen, West Ham, they lost this weekend. They're clear, though. They're good because, you know, even if they lose their remaining games and, say, Leeds win their next two, uh, they, they're tied on points and Leeds have a far worse goal differential. So, your hammers are safe there, mm-hmm. Craig. But, yeah, so it's Forest, Everton, Leeds, and Leicester. Two of those teams going yeah. down. Well, um, Forest have got Arsenal next, and then Leeds actually plays West Ham. Yep. Yeah, West Ham, and, and listen, not mathematically safe, but not really playing for that much, whereas you're playing a desperate beast, right? A desperate animal. And Sam coming back to West Ham, I generally think that uh, he might get something there. Well, I mean, he probably should have got something on the weekend, right? Against Newcastle. Three penalties in that one. Bamford misses 
or was mm. denied, I should say, a one nothing. He got death threats, by the way, from from Leeds fans over the weekend. You you, you don't score a penalty and you get death threats. Modern football, fellas. Or maybe it's not modern football. Maybe it's just football in general. This is what happens. Mm, Pretty yeah. freaking sad, though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm very but, tribal. Yeah, <laughs> say the very least. But yeah, mm. tell me about. I mean, uh, I don't quite get the pressure. Tell me what these teams are going through right now on a day to day basis. These relegation teams. I mean, is it constantly on your mind? Are you being reminded yep. all the time? You can't avoid it. It must be a pretty can't, miserable existence right now. Can't can't get away from it. Lying in bed, waking up in the middle of the night, can't get away from it. Yeah, and Sam knows that too. He's been in this <laughs> this battle yeah. how many times? A dozen times, man. Different clubs. Holy shit! And and what you're playing for your cup, right? Your championship this season is to finish the 17th worst team in the Premier yeah. League, right? Yeah. yeah. And, you, and, you, and you're going to celebrate that, right? You're going to celebrate that like a freaking cup win, aren't you? Yes. It's got that was one of the best parties we had when we stayed stayed out of relegation on the last day of the season, playing. Shearer and Sutton at Blackburn, we needed at least a draw, at least a draw to have a chance. And even a win wouldn't maybe necessarily guarantee it. And we were getting news. I mean, it wasn't like today with the internet and instant, but there were people are on the blower, they're on the calls. And I was going up for, we were drew and drawing nil-nil. And in the 80th minute, I was going out for corners. It was like pull on the goalie in hockey. Like it was like, and then it was, and then I was going to go up in the last minute and they were like, no, 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 stay. And I was like, what, why, why? Like, I'm, I'm, like what's going on? What's going on? I want to know. Like, and they're just like, get back in your net, get back in your net. And then the game ended and they're like, ah, Sheffield United just scored at Chelsea in the last minute. Steam. Wow. That's great. Oh, sorry. Chelsea scored against Sheffield United. And Sheffield United went from seventh bottom on the last day in live standings. To bought and then actually get me relegated. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was when Hans Sagers threw a couple in at Everton and was charged with match fixing as well. Oh, was it? I remember seeing it too, going, if there was anybody's ever thrown one in, it was a side foot from the edge of the box, bobble, bobble, bobble. And it was like he didn't put his arms on. He didn't even put his arms out. <laughs> just dove with his head yeah but the thing is hand he was right, relegated his body no hands yeah, like his hands were tied behind his back <laughs> little alligator arms like that. hey yeah yeah crazy crazy yeah it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun for the uh the neutrals these kind of things right and that's what makes relegation promotion so great is you have these battles and this tension and you can just you can just taste it even from washington tv you can taste it in the stands and yeah. it must be miserable walking out in front of those fans on a home game thinking man mm. we're, we're playing for the, these fans care a lot more than the players you know i would think in, in a lot of cases right it's their yeah. life that's um, that is the case uh, in a lot of circumstances Players are quite selfish and fans are just looking out in their own interest too, which is the club, which totally understandable. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We've got two, uh, two weeks left, just two weeks left. Uh, Forrester very much in contention there. Of course, drawing Chelsea. Chelsea have their manager, by the way. It is Mauricio Pochettino for next season. A great article in The Athletic today, actually, about Pochettino and his methods, how he goes about his business, what he demands of his players. And he's a demanding coach. But the players seem to just love him. But, you know, a, a team, a bloated squad like Chelsea and all these big name, big, big, big name Charlies. How was the word again? Big time Charlies. Big big time. Time. Jesus Christ. I use it every day, that freaking expression. <laughs> I forget now. Big time Charlies. You know, they're yeah. going to be found out, right? He's going to go through this squad. 
and decide who can play his style of football because it's such a high octane, high press. He runs the shit out of these players during training camp. Um, it's going to be interesting who can who can stick it out there. And he's going to reform that team. Reem Sterling with two goals in the weekend. I wonder if he'll stick around. You know, has a pretty poor time at Chelsea, but a couple of goals this weekend. Will he be someone that will buy into Pochettino? I think it's a great signing, Jimmy. What, what do you think? Do you think this is a solution? Can he trim that squad? Can he get that team to where it should be? I think he's a good manager, big time. And I, th- I do. I think he'll change the culture. I think it, you're going to see a totally different Chelsea side than what we've seen over the, the last year. Um. And he's, he's got a proven track record. And he seems to get all the players buy into what he's looking to do from, from the clubs that he's played at. You look what he did with, with Tottenham as well. Took him to the Champions League final. Yeah, he had success at PSG. And Chelsea's going to be looking for the exact same now from him. is to get the best out of these players and get Chelsea back into the Champions League spot. Do, do you think some of these players, I mean... They have egos, obviously, some big names in that squad. Do you think going through what they've been through this year might actually serve them well in that they have been humbled somewhat and they're not the greatest players on earth and, and they've been embarrassed and now they've got to really show themselves next season, not just for the new manager, but for that fan base who are just you know, going to give them a very, very short leash moving forward? Yeah, I think so. I think the, the players definitely have been humbled, that's for sure. Uh, Pochettino coming in now. Now you got a big time manager who's worked with some of the best players in the world. Um, you're thinking that the players now, when he comes in, will probably have the tails between their legs and they'll be looking to to get back in form and and performing because right now they're they're not. They're getting hammered. You know, it's not a good spot where Chelsea's in right now, and the players are definitely feeling it. So they're they're going to look for something fresh and new and uh, some some energy back in that building. That's what it is. It's something fresh and new. Chelsea have a rich history of absolutely fantastic managers. Ranieri, Ancelotti, Mourinho, Grant. Um, who else am I missing here? Uh, Tuchel. Uh, Mourinho back again. Conte. Uh, Conte. <laughs> they go through managers yeah. like, you know. Carlo Ancelotti. Mm-hmm. Just hitting several times, right? Actually, was oh, that's right. Hitting was more than yeah. yeah, Ancelotti was yeah. there. Yes, he was yeah. right. He won the double, I think, didn't he? He won the uh, yeah. league in the FA Cup. Yeah. Di Matteo finally Di won Matteo. the Champions League for them and was fired the next year after a, a poor run. Yeah, I mean, look at Lampard. He gets fired. Tuchel comes in, does an amazing job, turns them right around, win the Champions League, and then they fire him the next year. Isn't that crazy? Two, two managers that they fired who won the Champions League. Yeah. Didn't they on Turco? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. The next season. And it's not the – look yeah. at Bayern Munich. I mean, uh, the guy that won before Pep took over won the treble, Champions League, League and League Cup in uh, in Germany. Heinkes. Yep, Heinkes. Yep. See ya. See ya, yep. We need Pep. <laughs> we got Pep. Oh, he's going to win us all sorts of champions. Oh, no. Didn't win one Champions League there. You imagine – <laughs> You imagine that meeting when they get, when they call you in. Uh, can you come into the office? Yeah, no problem. You're coming in with your three trophies. Yeah. <laughs> but excuse me, sir. Let me just put these trophies on your desk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything it went. Thought it couldn't go any better. Won everything. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you're fired. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> you thought it was bad enough getting fired in the semis. This guy won the European treble. <laughs> <laughs> You think there's a case there? I bet this happens too, though, when a manager gets called into uh, the owner's office 
and it's, it's going shit, right? And you got maybe a couple of years left in your contract and you really want to get fired. You're like, please, God, let this be the one. And they're saying, no, we're giving you a vote of confidence. We want to stick, <laughs> stick with you. Like, ah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we're offering you a new contract. What? No, no. I'm doing everything possible to lose. <laughs> I got a vacation planned. I've been telling the missus we're going to go here and do this. But I, you want to keep me? Do you know how bad I am? I stink. <laughs> Terrible. Players hate me. Even the tea lady, hate, tea lady hates me. Yeah, a guy like Mourinho, you get fired a few times, you make way more money. Oh, yeah. I think he's still getting paid from Chelsea, isn't he? <laughs> Probably. Let's <laughs> Probably. <laughs> talk about him leaving Roma now, right? He's being eyed by PSG. Yeah. He's been there, what, three years now at Roma? It's probably time to move on, right? Yeah, once you've had some success, if you can get there and get some success, you just keep falling upwards. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. It's crazy. Look at the teams that, that that guy's managed. Porto, Real Madrid, Chelsea, Man United, Roma, now PSG. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> That's not bad, is it? Pretty good resume. Yeah. Inter. Inter, yeah. Won, won the treble there, don't forget. Yeah. Mm. Not bad for starting as a translator for Bobby Robson. Yeah, no kidding. Like, never had a playing career of any any description. No, it can be done. You see, it can. Know how to bullshit. Know how to bullshit people. Be a schmoozer. God, those people piss me off. Well, be a schmoozer and then back it up, and he did right. He did back it up. But even on now, this, I mean, it's not as if he's had great one. success. I mean, amazing. He hasn't had great success for a while though, has he? Right, didn't work out at United. Um, no. It didn't work out at Spurs. Roma, he won the Conference League. I mean, they've been competing for top four football, but hardly uh, they're not Napoli, are they? No, they so, did uh, win. A, they did win a cup at Roma. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the Conference League. Yeah, yeah. And he won a cup with United. I'm not saying it's a disaster given recent history, but I mean, it's not as if he he comes wherever he goes next, whether it be PSG or it's not as if he's coming there from. Like he was from Chelsea, you know, or he was from Porto even. Real Madrid where, you know, he, he, he won despite pissing off the players. Yeah, it's amazing. Reputation is everything, isn't it? Just how you perceive well, it yourself. Is, it is, but look at Messi as a player, his reputation. The fans are booing him at, at PSG. Crazy. They want him out, don't they? Apparently it's like half of like cheering him, half of booing him this weekend. It's a really weird situation. Yeah. I'd still take him on my team. <laughs> Won the World Cup a few months ago. Yeah, it's still pretty good. <laughs> what have you done for me lately? I know. Barca yeah. are still saying, listen, we can get him. We can get him. You know, we have this uh, plan in place to afford him and we can keep the the claws of Al-Hilal off him. But, well, we yeah. shall see about that. 400 one. million reasons why. Yeah, but Barcelona, because didn't they say is it Busquets is leaving? Yeah, he's, he's yeah. off. He's probably well, off he's 100 years area. old anyway. It's going to open up a room, some room for... Uh, them to potentially get Messi back. Well, they just won La Liga for the first time since he left. Yeah. Right? Under Xavi. So, they're, they're, I mean, listen, Real Madrid had a poor domestic campaign, Atletico as well, but they're back to winning ways. But can they turn that into money, dollars, and prove to the league that they can afford these players? Because it's going to be interesting. But young team, and they've, uh, they've, they've tasted success now, which is, I guess, a big step forward for that team. So a lot of us, um, do you see that they're being chased off the field though? Did you see that? 
they they won at Espanyol this weekend and they're celebrating in the center circle a little bit too much apparently. And the Espanyol fans who are going to protest the ownership anyway storm the field and chase them off the pitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not in our house. <laughs> yep. I mean, city rivals, like, get off the field. Do it in the room, boys. What are you doing? Yeah, it was a little bit too much, wasn't it? <laughs> if I was an Espanyol fan, I would have been pissed. It was like a dance routine. Yeah. You got in that circle. circle. It was like the, yeah. you know, the Rockettes down in New York City. It was basically they were just about to do that. <laughs> high kicks and everything yeah high kicks it was literally <laughs> put your left foot in put your and Jimmy at our dark web boys goes you can't do that like, <laughs> he's pretty much right the Espanol mm-hmm. fans showed you can't do that hey there's a little bit of violence across Europe this weekend Ajax Groningen was abandoned the Groningen fans were they go they've been relegated they're going to be uh, down in the second division in 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 the Netherlands next season. And uh, they interfered once with a flare and then uh, a pitch invasion, I believe, and then another smoke bomb against Ajax. And, and the referee said, enough's enough. We're leaving the pitch now. So more and more, we've seen these flat, these fans having issues with ownership, right? And affecting results, affecting games, which isn't ideal. But uh, they're at wit- their wit's end. I mean, listen, that brings us kind of the TFC now, doesn't it, right? TFC get smacked by Montreal 2-0 on the weekend. And again, post-match, I mean, I know it's the, they're big rivals, and maybe we can put it down to that, that the emotions are a little bit overly high, Jimmy, but yeah. we can't keep seeing this, right? It, it's, it's an embarrassment. Yeah, it's, it's not a good look right now to TFC. They're, they are low. You have players fighting with fans. Players are fighting other players in matches, and Coaches, <laughs> coaches are having arguments, and it's just not good. They're not in a good good spot right now. I think something something's got to give because it's it's a black eye in the club right now. And without the threat of relegation, which Toronto FC would have been relegated if there was relegation last year. In fact, they've been relegated six times in their history. Uh, <laughs> without that threat, the ownership is uh, not all that concerned. There's no urgency whatsoever. Until the fans stop showing up to games. And that's exactly. where the urgency comes in. If it yeah. starts to hurt their brand, and at the moment, the brand, Major League Soccer, TFC, is not not good. You've seen supporters talking about never seeing the club this low, and not as so much as results-wise, but from the standpoint of the fans and how they're reacting and what we're seeing. I'm seeing it all over the place. There's something something going on. There's, uh, I was reading that there's an increase, significant increase, in England and across Europe in arrests and violence uh, at football matches. So it's coming back, whether that's a post-lockdown situation, people are debating it. They, don't, they really don't know exactly what it is, but there's, there's something going on for sure. Pent-up frustration, anger, still coming out now on the football pitch in the stands. We've seen some crazy oh. stuff. Like We've never seen that at a Toronto FC. I've never seen fighting. I don't remember ever seeing fighting in the stands – other than drunks just fighting each other, but actual fans fighting each other. I don't think I remember anything like that in the past. No, And, I mean, and there what? were lower times, right? I mean, I think there were lower times than, than well, maybe. Okay. The, the championship is still relatively, I mean, maybe it's not fresh in the memory, I guess. Maybe it's not. Maybe that's what. It is. It is. Years ago now? It's still, it's still there, though. It's, those, it's the, the feeling that those fans got when they were doing so well and they want that back. And, they, and you got to remember, this is a team that's, most likely the highest payroll in the league. 
not sure. Yeah. I'm just seeing what's going on the pay payroll is this year exactly, but they will be one or two in the league. That'd be like Chelsea, you know, spending a billion dollars in the Premier League and doing what they're doing, or even yeah. being relegated. Who was it said that on, on Twitter? They are the Chelsea of Major League Soccer. I think I texted on the WhatsApp group. Was it you? Uh, huh? Yeah, it, it was or, you, Craig. Sorry, who was that guy? Oh, yeah, it was Craig. <laughs> so actually explaining it right now. Yeah, they're kind of the Chelsea, right? This massive pay bill, payroll, these big names, and just mm-hmm. plummeting, not getting it done on the pitch. Now, listen, injuries are is a relevant excuse, right? They are crushed from injuries right now. But like we said in the last show, we're not seeing the star players stepping it up. Do you, uh, that, that first goal, I think it's the first goal, was the second goal on the weekend. Insigne skipped out of a challenge. I saw that. Right? Now, listen, it was a 50-50. It would have been a, a clash, right? Right? And maybe there would have been potential injury, but I'm sorry. The way you t- you're a leader, you're the highest paid player on the team, and you're in that position, you, you, you go in full, don't you? You go in 100%. Well, at least put yourself between the ball and the player or the player, you know, get yourself so you're going to block the ball. You don't necessarily have to challenge him. Just make sure you block the ball, make, make some sort of effort, but he actually literally skipped out of it. He's not, he, he honestly, I do not see Insignia working here. I don't, I don't see it happening. I think he's already shown himself that he's not happy. He wants to be in Napoli. They should have put some thought into that, that this kid grew up in Naples as a local lad uh, is he comfortable leaving? He doesn't know the language. First time he's ever left Naples, really. He comes to another country. He's a fish out of fucking water. He's got more more relationships with the Italians on the other teams than he does talking about how horseshit his defenders are. And coming to the, this drop down the standard too, right? It's got to be frustrating, I suppose. Not to that's no excuse. But I'm he saying, thought he was going to make 15 million bucks at a holiday camp. That's what I thought. I think he thought. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, he did. And it's probably killing him as well watching Napoli win the league. <laughs> kidding? Absolutely. Do, do you think Bradley's lost this, this group? I mean, when you see all these antics at whistles and stuff going on, mm-hmm. you know, it, it doesn't seem to me to be a team that's, you know, buying in and, and, and you know, doing as the manager is asking. I get the frustration. I get it. You know, I mean, results against your rivals, it's not great. But there's such a frustration level there that they're on the brink of snapping, it looks like right now. No, they are snapping. Yeah, they are yeah. snapping. There's no doubt about it. They're, they're snapping. Have they snapped? Yes. Are they still snapping? Oh, no, they're snapped. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. You also saw Terry's dragging, dragging players off the field. Insigne's blanking Bradley. Yeah. He's, he's lost the Italians, that's for sure. Those guys, they're not going to take the blame. They're not even going to look at themselves in the mirror. They're just going to put the pressure all on the manager. This is kind of what players do sometimes. Yeah, they've tuned out. The designated player in Toronto has been probably, what, 50-50? I mean, Josie Altador, great. Bradley has been great. Javinko, great. Javinko, fantastic. He, he should be given, given getting a couple million from Insignia because that's what they're hoping, that the Lightning was going to strike twice. Defoe didn't really work out. Defoe, was, terrible, was, terrible. Was Torsten Frings a DP? Uh, I, mean, I don't do think he was. I don't think he was. No, no, but, maybe not. 
No. You know who was? Uh, no, Laurent Robert. Was he a DP? No. He wasn't DP either. No. Uh, Mister was. Mister was. Didn't work out too well. Not no. at all. <laughs> no. That was your yeah. era, wasn't it, Jimmy? When you, were you coaching yeah. Mister? Yeah. You were coaching him. What was the problem there? Uh, he was just couldn't move towards the end. Oh, was it a physical thing? Yeah, just yeah, two arms broken down. Same with La- uh, Laurent Robert as well. He had bad knee. Great guy, still yeah. showed glimpses of what he could do, but he was struggling. You were playing right with Robert, weren't you? You were still playing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. It's the settling in part. It's difficult. I would have thought Jermaine Defoe playing with him at West Ham as good as he was. I thought he would, you know, not on a language barrier. I thought he would have settled in really well. And he didn't. No. So it is a bit of a hit and miss, but you got to be very careful what you do as far as, you know, are they going to be comfortable leaving the situations or the countries if they've never been out of them? But it's also up to the players as well, right? Isn't it? I mean, the teams can do so much, right? And they're getting talent, right? You're getting a senior who talent-wise should dominate this league. There's no doubt. Jermaine Defoe talent-wise should have dominated this league. It's also up to the players to do their due diligence and figure, man, is this the right fit for me? Don't just go for the green, right? Yeah. So, so, I mean, I think we could hold these players accountable as well, not just blaming the club. Yeah, no, it's uh, the players. They, they've got to buy into what, what they've signed up for. And I, I'm, I genuinely believe that a lot of these players, they think it's going to be easy coming up to MLS. And then they get a shock just how athletic this league is. Maybe tactically it's different from, from what they're used to, but athletic, the athleticism in Major League Soccer is ridiculous. You know, it's like what we mm. talked about before with Insigne. He's playing in Saturday. Yeah, you're playing with you know defenders that just sit back and into, in their positions. May not be the quickest, but with Major League Soccer, he's up against right backs, left backs that are track stars that can run. And even if he beats them, they're coming back to catch him. He's not getting a lot of supply either, like you know. So, no. everyone's well, hurt. Everyone's injured right now as well. Is it right? Yeah, yeah. They still have a squad big enough or certainly good enough in that team they put out to compete, though. I think maybe. With, I mean, that team with injuries, inexperienced, right? I mean, if you if you put like mm-hmm. if you put a board up before the season, what all the things that could go wrong with TFC this year, like in a worst case scenario, okay. All right, so Lorenzo Insigne gets hurt. Check. Lorenzo Insigne doesn't really buy in or is surprised. Check. Bernadeschi has a slight regression. Check. Oza gets hurt. Check. Bradley doesn't play well, but then gets hurt. Check. The new defenders you brought in gets injured. Check, check, check. Yeah, you got to be looking at the sports science. The sports science as well. Just thinking, well, how are we getting so many injuries and little niggles throughout the season? It's not so much the impact injuries; it's the muscle injuries. I'm not sure how many of those they've got in total, but there's some injuries you can't do anything about. Can you rely on like so? Michael Bradley gets hurt, right? He's in his mid 30s. It's going to happen, right? They bring in Vasquez, right? Who who is supposed to be a central part of this midfield? Who's got a history of injuries? Who's older now? Jack, <laughs> another one there, right? <laughs> the only the only player that's you know right now living up to their potential and and their contract is Sean Johnson. And he's Don't just getting peppered every he's week. Peppered, <laughs> I know. He's thinking, my thank Christ, I just signed a two year deal. 
Yeah. She must be thinking, what is going on here? Yeah. Now I know why the other keepers fell under the black hole last year. Yeah. 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 Keepers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Ruining keepers. You know, at the same time, you know, we're talking about TFC, but I think we got to give credit to Montreal as well. Yeah. Always the fun in that, Jimmy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you do. Of course you do. Yeah, from, Is that from, six straight wins? Yeah. And where they were at the beginning of the season where we were all saying, these guys are terrible. Where are they going to get their first win? And to turn it around now and, and see the way that they're playing. They're so they were terrible, too. I mean, oh. they were terrible. Yeah. Now they had injuries, right? They had injuries to start. Yeah, the they did. Yeah, they, they did. Around. They had a new coach, brand new looking team with the key members of that, that really good team last year leaving. Right, it's going to take some some time for Lasado, right? And and he's done it now. Yeah, yeah, it seems. And Vancouver had turned it around, but they seemed to have got put in their place a little bit in Portland. But that's a tough place yeah. to go, as we said before the match. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. It could be. A, I tell you what, if you're if you're MLSE, it's not been a very good few days. Put it that way. <laughs> wow, a few weeks. There's a lot of meetings right now going on at the highest offices of MLSE, thinking, okay, how do we fix the Raptors? Um, how do we fix the Leafs? Um, oh, this T- oh, how do we fix TFC? Oh, yeah. there's a lot. We'll I'd leave TFC on the back burner at the moment. Yeah, exactly. They, they got a Raptors coach they need to hire. I don't know what they're going to do with the Leafs. They've gone through general managers. Since I've been back, they've gone through. Oh, my goodness. Who was in charge when I came here? Pat Quinn. The Pat Quinn was, yeah, I guess it would be yeah. right. Early and then he did well. Then Ferguson. They went down. Burke, have Burke had four years. Over. He didn't make the playoffs once. He was the answer. Remember? Oh, Burke. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Then they got their ten million a year coach, who turned out to be an asshole. Yeah. But I guess they didn't realize. Well, they didn't. They probably realized he was an asshole, but he was getting success in Detroit. But that didn't, didn't happen. Out. They're still paying out. him, by the way. They're still paying Babcock. Right. Then they had what? Nunes. Nunes was Lamorello. Lamorello. Yeah. Brendan Shanahan. The Shanna plan. Yeah. Great regular season hockey. Great regular season hockey. Not so much in the mm-hmm. off season, in the post season. Oh well, it should be an interesting, interesting day in Leafland. Today's the cleaning out the lockers. <laughs> was, was that a thing in? Is that a thing in English football? The cleaning out the locker day when you go back and you address the media and you face all the bullets and you literally clean out your locker. No, it's not right. No, no. <laughs> Wouldn't go down too well. So I've always found it a little bit weird. Yeah. These poor buggers, you know, they're just like shame. They're hanging their heads like, oh, we've got to go back and clear out a freaking locker. And there's going to be 35 reporters in there. <laughs> like, Jesus. <laughs> it must be miserable. It is something. And it was a 55 years since they won it when it was a division. Six teams. Six Whatever. teams. You can't even count that, can you? No, you shouldn't. Montreal does. That's for damn yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the problem with the NHL, I mean, years and years ago, uh, when there wasn't a cap, uh, Toronto could have outspent, but they didn't, uh, and they they hated uh, the ownership for it. Now there's a cap, so the ownership is actually well, we can only spend our you know. So you basically got a league of what thirty odd teams, is there something like that? Twenty something the teams anyway, um, and they're all on the level playing field, as well as a lot of the guys who rather play at San Jose than play in Toronto or Edmonton, or Winnipeg, for that matter. There's a bit of pressure in Canada for playing. Down there, mm-hmm. you're just smoking cigars. Exactly. Florida, Florida, I mean, who gives a shit? I know, they're talking about that, some of the players, how you know, no one cares, and the reporters don't care. No, no. pressure, a lovely place to play. Yeah. Sure. 
Yeah. Well, um, four, four great teams probably going to be left. You got a team from Florida, a team from Carolina, maybe a team from Texas, mm-hmm. and a team from Nevada, the hockey <laughs> hotbed of Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh gary gary oh, rogers 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 i feel so sorry for them man tough tough all right cpl jimmy <laughs> lots of goals man 19 goals in four games this weekend forge beat valor 3-2 cavalry 2 halifax 2 both have five draws and five games so far ottawa smack vancouver 5 Neil and Pacific beat your 4-1. Uh, observations, Jimmy? Observations, yeah. I, I watched the – well, I covered the Forge-Valor match. Um, Forge looked good. They looked dynamite. You know, they're in, they're in a good stride right now. Lots of depth on their team. You know, they're, they're good when they take their top three players off up top and then they bring in three more that are just as good as what they've got. Hamilton, no. Uh, that, that goal, by the way, Sissoko was, what, bundled over three or four times in the box? And he, yeah. and he got back to his feet. He didn't whine, didn't bitch, stayed in his feet, and fed Jordan, and then uh, he scores. I love that goal. Oh, it was great. I mean, I mean, that was Valor's fault as well. They should have cleared the lines, and they, they didn't. Sissoko was just doing whatever he can to keep that ball at his feet. Then finds Jordan Hamilton. Jordan's not missing from there. Just opens up his hips and passes it into the back of the net. So they're flying. I thought Valor, Valor played well as well. They deserve to get something out of the game. Calvary and Halifax as well. You're right, 2-2. Uh, Calvary's kind of hitting a slump right now. They can't get a, a win. Halifax are still searching for their first win as well. Patrice is doing whatever he can. I mean, it's not they're not having bad performances. They're playing well, but they just cannot get a win, a result. And then Athletic Ottawa. Though, huh? What? Yeah. It was a great game, though, that one. It I was thought. great. It was heated. It was had everything yeah. that much. Dodgy penalty, like pushing and shoving. No red cards in that, that little melee, which I was really happy about because you could have seen them handed out for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. I thought it was good refereeing. I like yeah. that. No, he let him go. And sometimes you, you want to see that, but, you know, the, the intensity within a match. And then Vancouver, obviously, they'll be disappointed with their result being at home, playing against Ottawa, who was at the bottom of the table, hadn't haven't had a result, didn't get a win, and then all of a sudden they get pumped 5-0, and then York, as usual, they're just having a stinker. They get pumped by Pacific, and uh, their shoulders will be hurting them this morning holding up that table. <laughs> Is there any uh, news about any ownership groups coming in and taking that sinking ship? I don't know. I mean, there's talks that they got a couple of investors that are interested, but who knows where they're at right now. I mean, look, when they, whoever comes in, they've got to revamp it. They've got to, you need to get somebody to come in who's an actual GM who actually knows the league, who can actually bring in players. You know, right now it's just, they're, they're off the cuff. They're not, their recruitment's been terrible. I know Mike Noonan's saying all the right things saying, you know, it's going to be a good base there. We'll figure it out. But I mean, whenever a league has to come in, and purchase the team from the ownership group is there's massive issues there clearly it's a real shame so we'll see it's going to be a, an interesting off season if it's not done before then because you don't want to see another team go under right in a new no. league you can't have an in a small league like this with just uh eight teams and already edmonton's folded and now you brought new teams in right it, it, you want to see this work and i'm sure it will work in some capacity but it, this can't continue that's for sure um, all right, Chelsea win the Women's FA Cup. Jesse Fleming's third FA Cup in front of 77,000, 
390 fans. That's a record for uh, domestic football, at least in England it is. Um, Khadija Buchanan, uh, injured, couldn't start that one. But I, I wonder, I mean, so you get in these, these massive crowds, right, for these big games. You'd assume, Craig, there's a trickle-down effect, right? And, mm-hmm. and you, you begin to see the domestic game at club level slowly rise and rise and rise. Mm-hmm. And that's why these numbers are important, I think, when you see these big crowds. Mm-hmm. That next year, I mean, not all those people at, the, at Wembley this weekend um, have seen women's soccer before, right? They've seen that event. They now might come out and watch it in the WSL next season. Yeah, it's all about growth. It's all about growth. I mean, it's it's getting there. They've seen some incredible single one-off games as far as attendances go. The actual league attendances, there's a bit of a bump from the Euro last uh, last year um, again, but they're still only averaging, I think, fifteen to 2,000 uh, per game for that uh, women's super league, um, unless you're, uh, you know, cities playing Man United or, Arsenal are playing some big game, you'll get an outlier, but general, generally speaking, they're not outstanding. So uh, there's some growth to go there. Um, that's what would concern me just a little bit about uh, a women's league in Canada. From the backing of what I mean by that is just when you look at the brands of Chelsea, Manchester United, you know, Man City, they put a women's team together and they're wearing these brands and they're doing well and they're building, but it's been slow and they're willing to lose Literally, I know West Ham loses several million dollars a year on a women's program, but they're being subsidized by the men's program to allow them to build. How many years can you have a league that is losing money and who's subsidizing those losses and who's willing to stick it out for those long time? Those, uh, in, a, in a country like Canada, has a poor track record of uh, women's sports in general. Um, women's NBA, 25 years, not one year of making money. So, you know, although you see this weekend, the W was uh, in Toronto, right? And they sold yeah. out Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, sold but when out, they right? sell There's out for there. 30, 40 games. That's know, the question, whether, isn't it? It's, it's interesting. They, but I mean, because they, they're not in the States, you know, they're just, they're just right. not. Uh, but I actually think the women's NBA, if they had a chance anywhere, it'd be Toronto. Yeah. I've got to think of the MLSE have stayed away from it just from the fact that from a business standpoint, they look at 25 years losing 10, $20 million a year on the women's NBA. Not a good business proposition. It's almost like one Italian winger, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They can't do both. You know? It's either Insigne or yeah. it's a W franchise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, it's all I mean, professional sports is t- tough to make a go of it now anyway, especially with the, you know, the economy and everything and, you know, you wonder what's going on at TFC and seeing some guys, you know, they're on Twitter and social media putting stuff out like, listen, I'm on 60 grand a year and I buy season tickets. And, you know, that's that's generally what this Toronto FC fan is. They're not a, a hockey fan. I was at the hockey game the other night. I've never seen so many white people in one place in a long time. It's like a white only party and they want to be diverse, but it's a tough sell. It's a tough sell go to NBA games and it's feels like you're in Toronto. So How was the atmosphere? Mishmash of everybody. Relief game. Uh, it was great. It was really good. Yeah. They're very reactionary though. You know, they don't, you're not going to get any, you know, fans, you get this little go, Lee's go a little bit, but 
you know. And then coming out of commercial, they want everybody to think at home that it's a fucking party. So they have it louder, louder, louder on the screen, louder, louder. And they come out of the commercial break while everybody's cheering, right? Right. Um, but the overtime was fun. It got into the overtime. It, it was wasn't. Fun. It was shit. Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you could see the goal coming as soon as it transitioned into odd man rush. You could see it coming. Yeah. Another but, year, Jimmy. Another year of failure. Oh, well. Should be used to it by now. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna win it next year. Oh, yeah, next man. year's the year. You watch, you watch. All right. Well, listen. Um, that's footy prime. Wonga. Almost. Very almost today. Well, I, I was seeing what you guys were doing, and the other thing was uh can Craig, can you talk about your little sojourn out to Los Angeles yet? Can he now? You can? You should be. I don't, I don't know. I'll just do it. Well, I mean, there's there's obviously a FIFA event in Los Angeles on Wednesday, a brand launch for the World Cup for Canada, U.S. and Mexico. And I was invited to go out uh, by FIFA to be part of the the show up at the observatory in Los Angeles overlooking L.A. So So what's going on? Do you know what's happening? Like, will there be like bands and performances and and what what is the brand launch i think so like- i think there is a little bit of music i haven't really heard i haven't heard what the schedule is or much like that they just got me in a swanky hotel that you know i'm like fifa couldn't buy me i tell you what they couldn't buy me <laughs> 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 i was like what hotel that's oh that's beauty that's nice yeah. Are you going to? Uh, we'll, we'll try and get you to jump on on Wednesday for our midweek pod. Hopefully, do you know your schedule yet, so we can uh, work around? Well, it? I've got to be at the event at five thirty their time, so that'd be eight thirty here. Oh, so we could do an uh, an early yeah. if we did a Good. six o'clock, seven o'clock pod, and it works with Jimmy. We Good could do your your precursor to this whole a preview of this FIFA World yes. Cup launch event. Yeah. And you're going to say, oh, I just saw Will Ferrell. Yeah. I saw him drive up. You could do the red carpet there. This is what we need, like, oh, free prime great. branded suits and stuff. So you yeah, can wear yeah. it. And, oh, well, what's what's this free prime you're, you're, you're talking about, Craig Forrest? All these, you know, dignitaries and money people. You got to sell us, sell the shit out of us, can you, Craig, when you're there? If you come back from LA without us having some big, juicy fucking sponsor, you haven't done interviews. Interviews of all the famous people. Or interviews. Yeah. Well, if they do a little uh, question answer whatever thing and ask me a question, I'll I'll drop that in. Craig, you you know what you need, though? You know what you need, Craig, for everyone to to recognize you is like one of those jerry curl wigs. So you literally look like you did from when you were playing back in the day. (laughs) If you just put that up, you go, Craig Forrest. That guy uh, there. He'll be recognized because he'd be wearing his Puma track top and his, and his uh, Oakley hat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I think she go with one of the Dumb and Dumber suits, the baby blue or orange. <laughs> yeah. Ruffles. Oh, I've got that one. I'm the baby blue one. But it's actually more sky blue. But <laughs> what, When was the last time you wore a suit? Are you going to wear a suit or can you go more casually? Do you know what it is? Oh, well, I've got, I'm planning on wearing a, a suit without a tie, kind of. But I, yeah. Nice in between. Hmm. Well, have a good time, Craig. Yeah, have a good short, time. short and sweet. Short Great and sweet. time. Yeah. Back Thursday. Make sure, make sure everyone there knows, including FIFA, that we can all be bought. Yeah. So when do you yeah. leave, anyways? What what time does the bus leave? <laughs> <laughs> An hour from now, we arrive on Wednesday. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if we take. They got bus. you. On, they got you on the Greyhound. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna pull out in front of the Mayborn Beverly Hills in a Greyhound. <laughs> 
All right, awesome. everybody on. <laughs> you 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 got the back seat right beside the toilet for the entire ride. Yeah, that's right. FIFA's struggling for money, so they got to have some cutbacks somewhere. <laughs> well, it wasn't a hotel. <laughs> Stay tuned to Wednesday's uh, Footy Prime, and we'll hear from Craig and just what is happening in LA and just what this brand launch is mm-hmm. all about. Three and a bit years away. Can't wait. Can't wait. God knows what we'll be doing by that point. All right, everyone. That's Footy Prime. Uh, chat to you on Wednesday. Uh, keep buying newspapers, everyone. And cheers for listening. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.